Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or VeloSos on social media. You're listening to another great Soul Over 50 episode on Soul Organized Style Podcast. Stay listening. Soul Organized Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on So Organised Style Podcast for Sew Over 50. Today's podcast is about an Australian-based sewing community initiative. Sew Over 50 intersects with all communities. Today on the podcast, we have Anne Bivers. She's here to talk to us about the Utando Project. She's based in Perth, Western Australia, and it's really great to have her on the podcast. Hi, Anne. Hi, Maria. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. I'm really pleased that you've given us your time today. I've seen quite a lot of the dolls for Utando on Instagram. So, and can you tell us about the Utando project? Yes, I can. Utando is a Zulu word, which means love. And that's probably the best starting point I can think of. We're a small registered Australian charity. We're based in Perth, Western Australia. And we commenced in 2004 when an Australian psychiatrist and family doctor, Dr. Julie Stone, was working in South Africa in KwaZulu-Natal at the height of the AIDS epidemic. And she was seeing a lot of grief, bereavement, and trauma, emotional upheaval, particularly for children, which is who she was working with. She came back to Australia quite determined to try and do something for those children. And she had noticed that in her clinic, children that came to see her often played in the waiting area with one particular doll. It wasn't a particularly nice doll. It was broken, in fact. But many of the children would love to have taken that doll home with them. So she came back to Australia with the idea of making more dolls to take back and enlisted a friend, Georgia Efford, who enlisted other friends. They began making dolls to send out to KwaZulu-Natal. And that's really what we do now. A Tando project now supports five different organisations by making and then donating handmade dolls, African animals, puppets and balls, which we send out to KwaZulu-Natal for distribution to the vulnerable children that partners work with. So that's basically who we are. We have a website, itandoproject.org, and a Facebook page, Itando Project Inc., In New South Wales, we have a Sydney dollmaker named Julie who manages an Instagram account which is called Utando Project Sydney Dollmakers and that's facilitating Utando dollmaking in the Sydney area and surrounds. Why KwaZulu-Natal is something that people often ask us about and I suppose, you know, as I've just said, Julie went there. She was working with these organisations. In 2006, she and Georgia visited KwaZulu-Natal and they attended a conference called Cindy, which is a large network of organisations in South Africa that works with children in distress and need. And they formed connections there with two organisations. One was TREE, Training and Resources for Early Education. Another one is now known as Dalanati, but at the time it was known as the Rob Smetheran Bereavement Organisations. And those were the first two organisations that they partnered with to provide initially with dolls. Our partner organisations are really important to us. We now have five of them that we work to and we receive fairly regular feedback from them. They've collaborated with us in creating the patterns so that we're able to know that the dolls that we make and send for children are appropriate and they're fit for purpose and that they're going to be used. 
KwaZulu-Natal is the second most populated province in South Africa. There are 11.5 million people there. 1.7 million people currently live with the HIV infection. And even though treatments have improved greatly since 2004, the death toll is higher. It's still a very high infection rate. Many of the young people, there are five and a half million children under the age of 15 in KwaZulu-Natal. That's last year's statistics. And many of those kids have lost one or both parents by the time they're 16. I think statistically, it's about 65%. So if you imagine, you know, your local high school in Australia, and you look at the, those last couple of years of high school where kids are turning 16, and you think of, you know, 65% of them having lost one or both parents, it's a huge disadvantage and it's not helped by poverty, ill health. Many of the kids live in extended family situations. So they might be living with an aunt or a grandparent. And again, there's often not enormous amounts of resources for play, just getting by and on a day-to-day basis with food, housing, shelter, water, things that we would take for granted. These are a lot harder there. So that's really why KwaZulu-Natal, I guess. And some of our dollmakers have visited over the years in small groups at their own expense. Utando doesn't have any paid staff at all. We're all volunteers. Literally, we invite people to make a doll and help us fundraise to send that doll. From Western Australia, we ship them. They go by sea to a port in Durban. And Tree, who are one of our main partners, actually collect the dolls from the port and they distribute to our other partner organisations. The partners we've got, uh, initial two, were Tree and Dalanati. We now partner as well with Family Literacy Project, and they work in KwaZulu-Natal to really promote literacy. They build small libraries, often in semi-rural areas where intergenerational illiteracy is quite a problem. So our dolls are distributed there and certainly gifted to vulnerable children so that they can have their own doll. But we also provide dolls and other items such as puppets or balls, African animals, so that the libraries can have those kinds of toys to add to storytelling, to have toys in the library in a quiet corner for younger children, for example. Tree uses our toys in a similar fashion. They certainly gift them to children who are in need of a doll or a toy. But they're also used in creches there where you have a creche which might be run by a volunteer that's somebody that Tree has provided fairly basic training in early education to. And so Tree will then try to resource that person with some toys, puppets for storytelling, balls, some items that the children can share and have for play once they are in care there or being looked after there. Our partner reports for anyone who's actually wanting to know more, Tando Project does receive fairly regular feedback from the partners. And on our website at the moment, we've got partner reports. They do occasionally share photographs of children with the toys and dolls. Obviously, that's not something that they can do all the time. But if you go and have a look on the Tando Project website under About Us, under the partner reports section, you can find out quite a bit more about their work and how they are using the dolls and doll making in actual fact. Because with Dalanati, one of the things that Utando Project has been able to do over the years, which is a really very exciting thing, I think, is that some of the doll makers going over in small groups have taken doll making resources with them. And we've produced a kit that Dalanati are now able to use to train people working with them or people in communities that they're working in to make dolls for themselves and for their own children at home. And the doll making has actually been an activity that they have found in a group situation works really well. You know, I think it's 
anyone who's a crafter or a sewist, you know, who's, mm. who's attended a craft group knows that there's something about sitting around a table with textiles and needles and pins and scissors and things that particularly if you've got that sense of shared purpose that really enables people to share ideas and connect, you know, in, in quite a different social way. And so it's been a really useful thing for them. And we do supply them with sewing kits, which we ship with the dolls from time to time. At the moment, their workshops are on hold because of COVID, but we will get back to that at some stage. With the doll kits, do locals need a lot of sewing skills to make these dolls? No. What we do is there'll be a brown doll skin, two pieces cut out, and they can be stitched together by hand. They'll have fabric in there that you can turn into a pattern sheet with very simple no-sew type ideas for dolls' clothing. So literally a circle can be cut from stretch fabric to make a skirt. So you can do as much or as little hemming or embellishment as you like. So you don't necessarily have to be able to have huge sewing skills or a lot of time to make a basic skirt. There's a pattern for a no-sew top, which is literally just folding fabric in half, cutting the shape out and cutting the sleeve. And again, if you use those non-frayable fabrics, they're quite easy to make a top and then you tie a ribbon around it to Mm. to keep it on and you can stitch the ribbon at the back so it doesn't come apart and the child doesn't lose it. There's quite a lot of those sorts of ideas that we send on, on the pattern sheet. Those ideas are also on our website and many people find that it's a great early sewing project to try with children and grandchildren as well because you can make clothing fairly simply without doing a whole lot. What roles do the dolls play for the local children? All of our partner organisations focus on the importance of play. Play, as we all know, is really important in early childhood and even into adulthood. In early childhood, it contributes so much to development and for social and emotional well-being. And the partner organisations tell us that when they have the dolls, it's a doll can be quite a special toy. You know, it can be it helps with storytelling, acting out, role playing. A doll can be a silent friend, someone to hold on to, to talk to. The caregivers in KwaZulu-Natal have reported that they're often able to, using the doll as, as a model or a go-between, bring up and talk about topics that they mightn't necessarily address without. The child can express how they feel about grief. You know, is the doll someone has died, for example, they might ask the child how the doll feels. Is the doll happy or sad? Why is the doll happy or sad? Mm -hmm. And it's a great go-between. So that's why we do focus on the dolls. We also like to try and send a diverse range of dolls. We can send dolls, some are dressed as grandparents, for example. So we might dress them up with adult clothing. So in KwaZulu-Natal, adult men tend to wear long trousers, whereas boys wear shorts. So some of our dolls will be dressed to look very much like adult men. Some might be young boys. We'll have women in KwaZulu-Natal often cover their hair with a turban or beanie or some kind of hat once they're married. So you might dress your doll in that way to indicate an adult woman. Right. Or you might dress the doll like a girl child and she might be wearing a dress, a skirt, you know, anything like that really. When we make our puppets... We do on our website have free downloadable patterns for knitted and crocheted puppets, which have different facial expressions. So the storytellers and the therapists and the people working with children will use the puppets for storytelling, but also again for role playing, acting out things. And they'll have different facial expressions so that that helps. When I was talking to Julie, 
she was saying that she's most recently started to make dolls that look like medical people, like doctors and nurses. Yes, she has. Yes. And those dolls would probably go to our partners. We've got a partner, Lifeline. Lifeline are a partner organisation that are affiliated with Lifeline internationally, and they run clinics and provide services in about five districts in KwaZulu-Natal. Children are often taken to attend Lifeline clinics following assault or a violent injury. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, you know, their first experience going in there might well be they'll see a doctor or nursing staff, or they've been taken to hospital as part of that. We also have... Again, when children are living in rural areas, if they're living with a relative that's unwell and they might have had to go away to hospital, having a doctor doll or a nurse doll or so at the family literacy library or at the creche or in one of the early learning centres or even at a toy library that TREE provides, it enables adults to have those sorts of conversations with children about what might be happening in this hospital. Who are these doctors and nurses? What do they do? So those dolls are quite special. They would be utilised by our partners in situations where I guess adults were needing to explain those kinds of situations to children. They wouldn't be given as an individual toy to a child as such. They'd be more for general use. Thanks for explaining to us the role these dolls play for the children. How can listeners get involved to support the Utanda project? There's several ways that um, people can become involved and it is possible to make a doll and donate it to one of the partner organisations from anywhere in the world. However, I have to, I suppose, put a proviso on that. You can go to our website. We have lots of free downloadable patterns. So you can download the basic pattern for a doll, which is a gingerbread style shape. You make the doll, there's guidelines there that give you lots of tips and hints about how to dress the doll. It's important the clothing's removable. We don't stitch it onto the doll because that's part of play is dressing and undressing and so on. But people would be well advised, I suppose, to just check first and see what it would cost them to actually send the doll to South Africa to one of the organisations. We do have under the Contact Us button on our website at the very bottom of the list, There's details about how you can mail and the mailing address to send your doll to Tree in Durban. But from some places in the world, you know, postage and shipping and air freight at the moment is extremely expensive. So it might be too cost prohibitive. You know, if you've got a craft group or a group of people and you have worked out what the cost might be, you know, you might make six or eight dolls between you and share the cost of doing that. If you're in Australia, are you welcome to make the doll and if you're able to send it to us in Perth at our post office box address you might have made one or five or six dolls certainly we can include it in our shipment and send it that way again depending on where you are you know in some places in Australia it's actually quite expensive and that might be an added expense for you so if you'd rather support our effort you're able to donate to us we're a registered Australian charity as well and All donations are tax deductible. You can donate through the website. At the moment, it costs anywhere between, used to be $2 to get a doll from Australia to KwaZulu-Natal by sea, but the latest shipment costs are probably going to be somewhere between three and four. We don't have any paid staff in Utando Project at all. We're all volunteers. So if you want to donate a few dollars, then that will help us freight dolls to the children in KwaZulu-Natal. And that's one way in, in which you can help. So, Anne, in the past, how many shipments per year have you been able to 
send to KwaZulu-Natal? Several years ago, we sent three. At the moment, we're doing two, and it's to do with numbers and packing and shipping and freight and so on. Mm -hmm. We send two consignments by sea. They go from Port of Fremantle in Western Australia to Durban. It takes about six weeks. We've just sent 2,880 dolls. The previous shipment was probably more than that because we'd had a bit of a gap with COVID and hadn't been able to send. So we had a backlog. So we sent over $4,000 on that occasion. And added to the $2,880 we sent this time, we've also had probably, I think there were close to a thousand African animals, bulls and, and the puppets as well, which go to. You've told us about how crafters can get involved and that the patterns are free. What materials should we be looking for if we want to get involved? Okay. Well, it's important to remember that you can either sew a doll or you can knit one. There's certainly knitting patterns at our online website, which can be downloaded for free. We do have an online shop which sells a doll making kit. Within Australia, it's probably reasonable postage. So you, you could choose to order that. It comes with a brown doll skin cut out ready to go. But if you're not able to buy that or you if you're a sewist and you've got a craft room full to the gills, any brown fabric other than felt would, would be suitable. I've used track suiting, I've used polar fleece, I've used homespun cotton. All of those will make up quite well with the pattern that's on our website and you can cut it out and make the doll body from that. For hair, you can use any scraps of wool or textured fabric, even if you've got suiting that's got a pattern or raised pattern through it, you can use that kind of thing to cut a wig out and stitch it onto the hair. We actually encourage people to recycle what they can. So, you know, if you've got a T-shirt that a, a child has gotten a massive stain on the front, but you can use a sleeve to make a doll's skirt from, yep. go forth and do that. We encourage people to use scraps and to use what they already have at home. So you don't have to go out and buy specific things to make clothing and accessories for the doll. And hopefully not necessarily even for the doll body yourself, you know, if you've already got something that might do. With the stuffing or the filling, toy filling can be expensive to buy. So most of us actually wash the inserts from pillows that we're about to discard, good hot wash in the the washing machine, dry it out and just use that or from cushions that you're not using anymore instead. So again, there's no need to buy a particular toy filler for the dolls. It is about recycling as well. We do encourage people to do that. And you can hand make a doll as well. You don't have to have a sewing machine or a particular kind of sewing machine in order to stitch our doll skins together. If you do buy a kit, you'll find, and even if you don't, under the kit section on our website, you'll find a YouTube video which actually demonstrates how a doll's being made from a kit. And the lady in that video is actually hand stitching the skin together, which does take you a, a lot longer to do if you're back stitching it, but it can be done. And at the end of the day, The doll you've made will be a very individual doll. It'll be something that you've made. And all of our dolls really are varied in terms of the materials used, the facial expressions they end up with, the clothing choices people have made. I often say to other ladies, I don't know that we could make two dolls exactly the same if we tried. And it's part of the joy that they are so individual. Um, So don't feel that you have to make the perfect doll. There's no such thing. And use whatever materials that you might have. For 2022, what's the goal for Utando Project? 
For 2022, the goal for your Tando project is to continue to support the doll making, to continue to connect with our partner organisations and make sure that the, the dolls that we're sending meet their needs. We don't mind at all if people use their own patterns to make a doll, by the way. If you've got a, a pattern already that makes a reasonable doll, of course you can use that. But we do ask that you check carefully our pattern as well to make sure your sizing is the same. Compare your patterns with the ones that we have because if you make a doll that's taller than around 25 centimetres tall and it's large and bulky, it means that we can pack less to go. And at the moment with freight costs being high, we're trying very hard to stick to a fairly standard size with our dolls so that we can pack more in the bags. Great. And I know that people have seen some of the dolls on Julie Dodds's Instagram account recently. So that's that was one of the reasons why I contacted you. Look, Julie's dolls are fabulous and she runs a brilliant Instagram account. She's actually got a small group of friends attending her home in Sydney and they're making the dolls together. Now, Julie, of course, is a wildly talented machine embroidery lady. And so the dolls that you see on her account have got fabulous machine embroidered faces. I would like to say to people, if you don't own an embroidery sewing machine and you're not going to do faces like that, please don't think you can't make a doll for your Tando project. That you, There are lots of tips and ideas for hand stitching, simple embroidered faces, or even doing cutting face facial features from felt and adding those on like an applique style thing. We do ask facial features not be painted on because our partner organisations have let us know over the years that some paint just doesn't last and things fade and come off. But the dolls... Uh, yes, our Facebook page, Julie's Instagram page and our website are all great places to actually have a look and you can see lots and lots of the ranges of dolls that people have made and dressed and there's no cap on ideas really. You can be as creative with it as you like and I think that's one of the exciting things about it. It's one of the things people really enjoy about making dolls with your Tando project. And thank you so much for coming onto the podcast to talk to us about the Tando project. I found out about it through Julie's Instagram account. And now that you've told us what it's all about and who it's for and why it's being done, it's a really worthwhile cause to get involved in if crafters want to do that. Thank you, Maria. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you again. And I hope that people can come to the podcast website to find out more about Utando or go to utandoproject.org or the Facebook page, which is Utando Project Inc. That's right. And if you're in New South Wales and you can go to the Instagram page, which is Utando Project Sydney Dollmakers and get directly in touch with Julie there for events and happenings and ideas because she will happily share those with you. She will. She will. Thanks, Anne. Okay. Thanks, Maria. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Soul Organised Style Podcast for So Over 50 was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Anne Vivers of the Utando Project, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to Soul Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and review. We hope you'll support this podcast through our Patreon account, as every podcast is free. We now have a great library of So Over 50 podcasts for you to catch up on, and hear from great people in the Sew Over 50 community. We hope each guest on the podcast helps you stay connected and makes you smile. You'll find lots of details and links about the Utando project on the podcast website, 
in the next Utando Project podcast, we'll actually speak to Julie Dodds, who runs Utando Project Sydney Dollmaker Instagram account. Have a look and see the work that is being done by this local group. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our podcast website at www.soulorganisedstyle.com or on our Instagram account at style or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>